0: Dream of perfect attribution, but you're giving salespeople numbers that can tell them, "Listen, this partnership is valuable to you, and I can, and I can prove it." Welcome to Unmiss, your go-to digital marketing hub. I'm Anatoly Ulatovsky, here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game. Let's get started.
1: Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, anyone. Welcome, welcome. Today we're going to discuss more about AI and omni-channel approach mapping, we can create the right strategy, content strategy, we can analyze how you can get results, it's not only to get traffic, it's more how to get sales and many other insights with NOS. orbina how are you? I'm great, Anatoly, how are you? I'm doing great. I know about your experience. You have great experience. Looking forward to learn more about that. Before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you.
0: Okay, so um, I have been in the, what we now call omnichannel space for 24 years. So I came straight out of university in the dot .com boom into a very small uh, corner of the digital world that was um, actually trying to make good on the original ideas of the web so when the web was first being developed um, the architects did you know want to be able to create web pages but there was there was uh in the background uh, an instinct to try to create content not web pages content that could be created that it could be flowed out to any channel could be personalized could be machine processed etc so I was very lucky to, in my first job in this in this industry, go straight into one of those little companies that was, you know, architecting what we, what what I now see as the future of the web. Um, so I have always been, um, I've kind of lived in the cutting edge, um, working with large enterprises on um, the semantic web, omnichannel, and now, of course, a lot of artificial intelligence.
1: Yeah, um, I know about your experience with customer journey, and for me, it's very important know more about that Uh, especially I see when companies have their own strategy I mean like they're chasing uh, volume uh, traffic um, engagement but it doesn't help to sell so I don't care if I get a million traffic but if I can't sell it (laughs) why I need to have this traffic for me it's important it's more important to get sales and we need to get the right traffic especially uh, considering customer journey uh, and i started to learn more about marketing attribution i mean like uh, to analyze uh, which channels can bring more impact because if you even if you do everything right i mean like to get uh, one two channels it doesn't mean that you can uh, sell because uh, customers need to meet your brand a few times more than seven times according to data so you need to satisfy their experience during the way to educate, to, to entertain i don't know m- many different insights can you tell about creating the right strategy uh, how to find the strategy i mean like because in most cases company replicate competitors they see okay my competitors get traffic like this they get re- sales like this but uh it's not good idea because competitors can have their strong sides it's like if I want to compete Mr. Beast, how I can compete with Mr. Beast. Now, he's good with video content, but it doesn't mean that I can't jump on this field. I can find my way, consider my strong side to uh, uh, find my audience. And can you tell your methods how to analyze your unique selling proposition, customers, uh, competitors to create and craft the right strategy?
0: Yeah, so uh, I think it comes down to the fundamentals. You, you mentioned the keyword there, which is journeys. Uh, mm-hmm. so you mentioned, you know, seven touch points before uh, an average sale. Um, I work with a lot of enterprise businesses. So, um, what it's gonna, kind of, not only, you know, we, we work with, uh, business to consumer as well. Uh, but we tend to, uh, where, where my background is from, bring something that I think all brands will benefit from, which is a focus on journeys, relationships and brand intimacy. So sales are important but if you are only focused on short-term sales then you're missing out on the longer-term picture of what is the relationship like with your brand so do people continue to buy not do they just convert but are they going to become loyal customers even advocates Um, so i uh, i'm not a big fan of net promoter score uh, as as a metric but the idea is are we building a relationship such that these people are going to be with us uh, for the for the longer term, so I think that has to do with analyzing not uh, campaigns or analytics, you know, clicks as you were saying, traffic, but um, the who, who, what, when, where, and why people are, uh, uh, are about of are people building relationships with us. Why are they mm-hmm. Why are they coming to us? What, what are their What are their objectives? And how does the content that we provide help them advance their objectives? Uh, and that that's a relationship builder. If you build a strong relationship with people, then selling uh, becomes much more easily. But I I say relationship first um, before you just go for the sale.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Before building this relationship, we need to collect data about customers to learn about them. And um, I even uh, go deeply, usually learn about products. Uh, For example, I remember when I started uh, to promote online games uh, I got great payment uh, to help this brand and what I did I started to play these games <laughs> I played these games because to understand why uh, people want to play uh, I'm bad uh, with playing games uh, some anyone can beat me on one side because I love reading books and when my son phoned me and uh, asked what's going on you told me I need to read books, but you play games. <laughs> uh, and I replied, you know, someone paid me good money to promote these games. Um, and uh, I need to understand why people are playing. So uh, and um, yeah, he, he was shocked because nobody paid to him, you know, to play any games. He usually pays <laughs> to buy these games. But anyway, um, and I remember my another experience with trading when um, before I started to any promotion I I I trade I trade and uh, even I uh, earned money in the first day five thousand dollars in the second day I lost 16k and uh, you know I learned two sides uh, to win and lose now I I can understand customers much better I don't recommend to anyone to do like this you can play with uh, uh, demo accounts you know you don't need to lose money but anyway that was good experience for me to understand uh, how, how to promote such brands and uh, i know it's important to collect data it's not like to go to ai or any other tools to ask please uh, collect data about customers uh, you need to make your uh, hands dirty to spend more time with customers sales people, people people can you tell how you do it how to learn customers before creating the strategy
0: so we come in uh, from from both angles. So we we believe that uh, there, that there is no right way to collect your customer data. There the the, the right way is is an on-channel way. It's, it is talking to salespeople. It's talking to trainers. It's talking to people in the support desk. I often walk into a marketing team and go, What are the what are the top three calls that are coming into the support department? They have no idea. They never they never have any idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they want to sell to these people, but they don't know what's bothering them. They don't know how they're disappointing them. They don't know uh, what's going wrong. So this kind of siloed view of I, I'm just going to look at analytics, or I'm just going to look at my campaign performance, this is always the wrong way, the The right way is to go wider. Um, so and so and when we're talking about looking at customers, you know, get your hands dirty, do a mix of focus groups of large scale surveys of um, you know, drip feed, you know, if you have a a type of content or product or relationship where you can have these kind of micro surveys that, that are popping up on a regular basis where you're just getting little bits of information which you can correlate against behaviors. We take all of that and what we're doing a lot with, what we are doing with artificial intelligence these days is using it to categorize and make sense of the data. So if you know, if we've got uh, web analytics over here, we've got CRM and sales data over there, and we've got social media um, data coming in from there. Um, how do you connect all that to get a universal picture? So we're often building the kind of um, the the glue that gives us the ability to make sense of uh, various touch points data together. And then we try to take as much of that as we can and Uh, load that up into what we call persona simulations. So what we're doing with artificial intelligence these days is actually um, training um, AIs to be a kind of an infinitely patient customer that you or anybody in your brand can actually chat with and that you can kind of role play with them and and walk through journeys together Uh, and that we found to be a very powerful way of leveraging new AI tools to help you kind of draft ideas, um, explore what the customer experience might be like, to do customer journey maps a lot faster, uh, and gives people a way to connect with what is, you know, numbers on a spreadsheet or on a dashboard. It's hard to make them human. So uh, we find that taking all that and then informing models where you can then kind of give it a human front end with using artificial intelligence, Customer journey maps; it builds the empathy that you need. You don't, um, you don't. You, what you were talking about? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on the platform. I'm actually gonna risk my own money. I'm gonna, gonna go on the, pl- uh, I'm gonna play the game. Why? So that you can empathize with these people who you're trying to build a build an experience for. So we we use multiple uh, approaches and we try to get uh, as much data as we can brought together, and then say, okay, well, how can we build empathy? for our teams so that they can build intimacy with the, the people trying to build relationships with.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like this point. And, uh, you know, um, uh, I spoke many times with data experts and many of them uh, told me uh, sometimes it's better to have enough data than over data that might confuse. And uh, I remember a great story with Jeff Bezos when the research team uh, asked him for more time uh to collect data about customers and he denied. He told, you know, we have enough data. Uh, we need to test, implement, to analyze, and that products was Alexa. Today almost all US homes uh, have this product. Uh, and uh, Jeff Bezos has this intuition to understand it's enough data. Um, I I for example uh, we have limited time. I, I have my limited time. I, 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 if we do everything right, I need to go to the customer to spend a few days with customer, to analyze, to collect data from different resources. That's okay. That's normal. But. I have no this time. And of course, uh, the era of lazy marketers is that we need to collect data. But can you tell how to find this balance between enough data that Jeff Bezos can understand and over data when you have a lot more than you need? So uh, we as consultants, we're often coming into a situation
0: where they have the data they have. We don't have the option to say, let's stop and go get more data. If they have asked us to help them get the data. Then we can help them get the data mm-hmm. using the many methods that we were just describing. But I do think that you, you know you have to jump in with the data available uh, and, and deal with it, really. So one of the again, coming back to one of the reasons that we use uh, AI and large language models is because' it's, if you have not a lot of time and not a lot of money, it's better than nothing, and it's better than the intuition of the people who work there. So um, I can tell you what not to do. If you don't, if you don't have enough data, you should ask your, your internal staff. But you know, it's great to ju- to also use things like ChatGPT to kind of explore the tens of millions of data points that are actually condensed into it, and say, okay, well, uh, what work out with ChatGPT? What might this journey look like? What might this customer want once you've properly described the customer? That's a way of very cheaply and very quickly sort of leapfrogging the fact that you don't have time to go interview the average customer. Is -hmm. it perfect? No. But as you said, sometimes uh, business is knowing when to um, take action, and then test. So uh, we, we, we run a full spectrum of different activities. Sometimes we have very little data to go on very siloed organizations, you know, we don't even know the person who has the right data. Within the organization, or we don't have; they won't, don't want to talk to us, or something like that. You just have to work. Um, so, I, I, whenever a customer says we don't have the data, I, 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 say, well, we still have to move forward. So, let's make a plan.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, one more point about that: uh, someone don't want to share this data because of. Company policy and uh, according to data, salespeople distrust marketers. So if marketers ask, "Please give me data," <laughs> they can deny. Look at you know, I, I distrust you um, in polite way probably. <laughs> and uh, you mentioned about building relationships with. Customers, what about salespeople? We need to have this relationship. They need to understand why we need to have this data, how to collect this data, uh, how it can help to get sales to them because uh, marketers can't uh, make miracle, you know, without helping from salespeople. So can you tell your methods how to uh, improve communications between salespeople and marketers? So I can give you one secret, one like, key word. Uh, your secret mm-hmm.
0: weapon which is correlation mm-hmm. so we we tr- we talk a lot in marketing about about attribution and pr- true attribution in marketing i think is impossible and s- especially in omnichannel marketing where you're trying to look at seven touch points you know how how much did this you know webinar contribute to a sale you can't put a number on that uh what you can do is you can start to correlate and say, okay, uh, set market segments like this. So for example, market segments who are uh, this persona in this region who have looked at seven pieces of content are twice as likely to spend twice as much. You know, there's a 200% chance that these people will buy uh, high value products versus these people. So you haven't said this campaign made me this much money, but you have said, listen salesperson, you're at the end of the day, you're ch- chasing sales. So I cannot tell you that uh, this particular campaign or this or this thing will guarantee you sales, but I can tell you that I can double your chances or I can increase your chances by 20% or whatever the, whatever the correlation is. You can start to show the difference between people who engage with content and people who don't engage with content, the people who look at your marketing and the people who don't look at your marketing or look at only small amounts of your marketing. And if you can start to make those correlations, you can come in with real numbers. So you're not making stuff up and you're not chasing this dream of perfect attribution, but you're giving salespeople numbers that can tell them, listen, this partnership is valuable to you and I can can prove it.
1: Nice, nice. And um, uh, how to calculate these real numbers uh, to analyze this KPI? Because um, you know, uh, I usually help with organic reach, uh, and it's tough. It's really tough to calculate this data. Yeah, for, for paid marketing, probably it's much simple, but uh, it's tough as well. So, c- can you tell your methods how calculate uh, these real numbers?
0: So you can do things I- even without lo- without without you know registered users and logins you can calculate uh, through through accepted cookies, um, paths of people moving through different touch points. So uh, the number of times they return to the site, what they look at at the site. So are they just looking at, are they looking at product descriptions? Are they looking at blog posts? Are they looking at webinars? You know, what are they looking at? Um, and you start to create behavioral profiles, um, high engagement, high intimacy types of contacts, even if you don't know who they are. Um, the, and then correlate that with their conversion patterns. So we've seen that people who come into the website, uh, um, from our newsletter, um, that, you know, they click every fourth newsletter and they look at two pieces of content out of every session. What do they, what does that mean to their conversions and start to look at different patterns within the segmentation data. So you can say, you know, if this, then that, uh, from, from the data that you have, that's it's it's. It sounds pretty simple, but what I, what I don't see is marketers actually doing this. I, I see them looking through a very tiny lens of this campaign or this app or this touch point, uh, as you said, traffic clicks, etc. They're not taking the numbers together and, and and trying to compare them. Just just sales and and behavioral analytics will already la- allow you to segment and say people who show these behaviors with content show these behaviors with sales. Does that make sense
1: yeah of course of course it makes sense um i want to touch more about ai i love this tool i use a lot of ai and when chat gpt appealed i doubled my energy with ai and today we got great results especially in extremely competitive niche like trading investing um, we uh, increased traffic for some projects to plus two thousand people a day uh, when we compete with billion-dollar companies. Uh, but we provide a good job because of AI. AI can help us to get this result. And you mentioned that AI can help you to analyze data, to probably uh, to combine uh, different touch points And I use AI in different ways, not only to create content, craft marketing strategy, m- m- many things. So can you tell your methods how you use AI to get great results?
0: Absolutely, I think one of the most important things with the AI is to think about. This is not a traditional computer. Mm-hmm. It is not uh, what what we what we have understood computers to be for the past uh, forty years is um, very reliable, uh, repeatable, trustable automation machines. You know, so we take a task we don't like, or we take something that you know would be human uh, unfeasible. You know, not, couldn't scale with human beings do it. And we give it to a computer and it does it the same way every time. And if it doesn't do it the same way every time, then it's a bug and we fix it. Generative AI or um, uh, other types of machine learning are unreliable computers. They don't do the same thing every time. You give them the same request three times, they give you three different answers. So what I I, I try to tell people is to make sure to think out of the box and go, What could we do with a creative computer? A computer that's a little bit crazy, a computer that's not going to do the same thing every time. Um, so, you know, things like brainstorming, uh, content drafting, um, uh, creating variations. So rewrite this like this, um, take this white paper and make me, you know, make every section in this white paper into a LinkedIn post that points back to the white paper that would take you hours and hours and hours and hours. Or as I said earlier, um, building your clients in the AI. So make a persona in AI so that you can talk to it and you can ask it. You know, you can give it a, a post and ask for its feedback on your on your content. Think of the AI as uh, I say, like like te- like someone gave you ten thousand interns, assistants straight out of college. You know, they could be very very powerful but you cannot just expect them to do anything <laughs> without guidance and rules and measures and, and you checking their output every, so where rather there's a lot of people who want to put AI, you know, I'm going to generate content and I'm going to put it out there with AI, or I'm going to put a chat bot on my website, or they just want to put AI at the end of the process to replace themselves. We use AI as a collaborator and as a tool earlier in the process. To help us um to help us plan and, and draft and theorize and explore so that we can be more productive um, and then also that AI, not all ai is generative ai so when i was saying about analyzing data one of the one of the biggest things that we do with ai is auto tagging automatic categorization so let's look at uh chat logs so you that or like even if you're not talking about an AI chatbot, but the ordinary chatbots that we've had for ten years, um, there's all this information coming in through the chat about what people want, but nobody has time to read all that stuff. Nobody has time to actually look at what's what's being discussed in the in with the chatbot. Um, you know, every time you call a call center, uh, a sales query or a support query, they say this this call is being recorded for quality monitoring purposes. Who's reading those transcripts? Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> but if you give it to an AI, it can start to tell you. You know, in thirty percent of the conversations, this problem comes up. In sixty percent of them, this issue comes up. Uh, so, what you can use AI—not generative AI, not ChatGPT, but other types of AI that are uh, taggers and categorizers, who machine learning tools who read the read the content and tell you patterns and tags of things that are happening inside that. That helps you leverage information that you otherwise could never wrap your head around your own content. Now, if you've got thousands of pages, thousands of PowerPoints, thousands of PDF brochures, nobody even knows where all the stuff is. Where are all the times we talked about this? Where are all the times we talked about that? AI can help you earlier in the process to get a handle of what you have and what you know, so that you can build a better strategy.
1: Nice. Nice. And, um, yeah, I think you, um, I wanted to ask about accuracy of this data, but you replied to this question you now. Uh, and um, l- l- let's dive deeply on that on this topic about accuracy, because uh, you mentioned that AI, it's like uh, 10,000 assistants who can help you to craft a mm-hmm. strategy. And uh, from my personal experience, I found it's tough to get great results with AI. If you have no idea about the topic, Uh, If you have no idea how to uh, create high-quality content, and uh, let me explain more about that. For example, my brothers asked me to help uh, to create content about accounting. I'm mm-hmm. terrible with that. I can't. Mm-hmm. I, I, I cannot because uh, I can search for best practices, uh, great prompts, but how to do it if you don't know accounting? The same, uh, I got experience about weight loss. Um, I, I lost weight five years ago, you know, that was good experience, but personal experience. I can't teach others. I'm not an expert on this topic, but I can about marketing. I can about SEO because I know these topics. Mm -hmm. You don't need to ask me. I I can create content, analyze, check it. And the second point I found you need to know how to write. Because if you can't write, AI can't decide your problems. Uh, You need to analyze because uh, AI can generate content. It it can be boring. Uh, Users, customers don't care about value. If it's boring, you know, people bounce fast. You need to uh, catch their attention, retain until the end. Many things, and uh, uh, you mentioned about accuracy. Uh, I know it's important to get accurate results. Uh, that is why we spend so much time to check it, if it's quality, to analyze. But Anyway, if you do everything from scratch, uh, it's you can spend a lot more time. You know, AI can simplify this experience. And can you tell how you edit results to analyze its quality or not? Uh, to uh, change prompts, any, any tips about that?
0: So I, I want to talk about. So what? It's a continue. It, the answer to this question is also a continuation of the of the previous question. Okay. What types of AI do we use and what techniques? And the. So like I said, correlation was, a, was a, a key word to take away from this. Another one is structure. So one of the types of AI is not just uh, generative AI like chat GPT yeah. or, or the tagging and categorizing the AI. There's a part of the AI, let's say the ecosystem or the the, the, the body of AI tools, which is how do you structure what? your content or your knowledge should look like. So the world of accounting, is there somewhere where you can point the AI and say a human being has put their intelligence into this structured model where the AI can look at it and go, okay, well, this is, this is, um, this is accounts receivable and accounts receivable is also called this. And when people look at it, sometimes they will, the next thing they might want to look at is that because they're related. So who who has actually structured that? And then your question, how do you edit it and how do you make sure that the AI is giving good results? Are you giving it clear structures? So when you do a prompt, you say, I want I want a LinkedIn post about this, but are you giving it a structure saying, I want my LinkedIn post to start with a hook, then I want a question, then I want key points. And a key point, should, should it be one sentence or should it be a keyword, a colon, and then the rest of the sentence? Are you giving it a structure saying, this is how I want this is what a good LinkedIn post looks like. This is what a good blog post looks like. This is what a good article looks like. Et cetera. This is what a good product description looks like. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those structures, if they're properly defined, then the AI has much less uh, guessing to do and you have much less re-editing and, and checking to do afterwards because at least it will be always following the template um, uh, when it, when it produces. So those two ideas of, of structuring your knowledge so it understands your world uh, and has some access to that. I'm not gonna get into the technical part of that, but there's you know there's special databases for that. There's lots of different ways that you can do that. And then when you're prompting, are you prompting and training against clear structured templates so that you're just fixing the words, you're not fixing the whole thing. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, of course. And um, let's talk about, Creativity. Uh, I I remember this great book, Purple Cow, uh, and it's important to stand out from the rest. Uh, For example, I can ask ChatGPT or any other AI tool. I can write myself uh, the post with best practices, but it's tough to stand out from the rest. You can copy others. And I personally got much better experience. Uh, when I uh, create something new, when I play with that, when uh, I use my experience uh, to craft content. And I remember a great story about Lloyd Richards. Um, uh, Let me share it. It's a short story. Um, uh, He published a book 11 years ago, uh, and he couldn't sell this book for a long time. Uh, That Mm -hmm. was interesting about this book that he spent uh, 16 years to write this book. 16 years, it's a lot of them. And uh, I have no idea how to write the book 16 years, but but he did. Uh, uh, It's it's a great book, uh, but he couldn't sell this book. Then uh, his daughter posted content on TikTok about this book. Um, and this video became viral, plus 50 million people watched this video, including me. Uh, one view from me because I, I want to know how to get 50 million views. And uh, that was interesting uh, about this story that today this book is bestseller on Amazon. One viral video can beat many marketing and sales channel. Uh, well, you know, when I watch this video, I got the experience of creativity. It's not nice looking design, nothing special, just simple design. But that was creative. This video provokes curiosity to read the entire book. What kind of book is this? If the author spent like uh, 16 years uh, to uh, cre- to write this book. And uh, I got this curiosity. Um, and I think uh, many people got the same experience uh, and... Uh, uh, after that, they bought this book on Amazon, and it's a bestseller. Um, I want to ask about creativity. If you use AI, uh, many content creators complain that AI can kill uh, creativity because it's the best rewriting tool ever. Uh, you mentioned that, uh, for example, if you craft LinkedIn post, uh, AI can help to find uh, the best practices. But how to stand out from the rest? How to become creative uh, by using AI?
0: So, I, I, I have lots of techniques on this. I, I think people, the, you know, if people want my kind of book of prompts and things like that, I have, I have a lot of that available. They can get in touch on LinkedIn and things like that. But um, how to put this uh, you, rather than kind of telling the AI what to do, turn the problem around and give it a little bit of information and then brainstorm. I find the AI is an incredible brainstormer. What you know, when you're talking about brainstorming, most of the ideas are bad. But what I found is you, if you give it, if I if I give it a URL and say, okay, here's my website or here's the client's website, um, tell me seven personas that might be interested in this. Three of them might be bad, but four of them might be great. Um, and they go, oh wow, you know, I hadn't thought about that persona because I, you know, I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm new to this domain. You are talking about jumping on a client in, um, in, in accounting, for example. Um, I can take those personas and take them back to the client and go, okay, are these realistic? Which one of these should we focus on? And then with that, we go back and say, okay, we're going to focus on persona number three. Give me 10 reasons why this persona, uh, or give me all the reasons you can think of that this persona would come to this website. And then it starts coming with reasons. Uh, again, some of them are realistic, some of them don't. You can validate that. But it, what it's fantastic at, much better than any human or even groups of humans, is looking at a large amount of information and coming up with ideas. So it's a it's an dialogue of creativity. You ask it an open question. It comes up with ideas. And then you go through those ideas. And then you say, hey, these, are the, these are the ones that inspire my creativity. Let's explore them together. And so it's this back and forth of what do you think, ChatGPT? And then you go, ah, great. So that back and forth, a relationship, I find is the thing that uh, actually makes me excited to collaborate with ChatGPT as a creative partner. Um, I think when people go in and treat it like a search engine, like, give me the answer to this or do that, uh, do this task, then it becomes dry and then they become bored. When you, when you walk in at, as if you are going to put sticky notes in a workshop on the walls and Everyone is going to have colored markers and make circles and 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 bring out their ideas. Treat ChatGPT or treat these AIs like that, and then you will be shocked at how many how many ideas it can come up with. And you can just keep going more, 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 and it will just keep trying. And I often find that on try number twelve, it hits gold, and I go, "Wow, I wouldn't have thought yeah. of that, or I could have thought of that if you gave me ten weeks, but you know, you you thought of it in in twenty minutes." Uh, so. That I find to be uh, uh, the the secret to unlocking its potential.
1: Nice. Love it. Love it. Uh, Let's talk about mistakes. Uh, In my life, I made a lot of mistakes. I think it's part of the marketing to make mistakes, to learn from them. And uh, we can analyze everything right uh, to get a lot of data, to learn customers, to craft content. But you can uh, think, It's masterpiece, but it's not (laughs) because you're not the judge. Uh, Customers can analyze and sometimes I get great results um, from content that I never expect to get great results. Sometimes you can you you can collect data to craft real great masterpiece. You can think like this, but. Customers don't care, <laughs> you can't get. And it's part of the marketing to learn, to test, to experiment. And uh, But I see when companies do uh, similar mistakes uh, that they can avoid. Can you list some mistakes that you can see from your experience companies still do but can avoid?
0: Oof. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, wow. Where do I begin with that? So many. Yeah. Uh, uh... So I've listed several already, um, you know, focusing your uh, lens, you know, cutting the customer out and going, this is how I see the customer, through the lens of web traffic or through the lens of uh, sales or the, through the lens, you know, not actually looking at the real relationship, trying to trying to get empathy, trying to get the real understanding, uh, think not thinking about time and depth. So when we're looking at journeys, we're looking at, not just what customers what content will get us traffic but what is the process of engaging with our product so you have you have seven times that the customer touches you why what what isn't what are the questions in their mind on time number one and then once they've educated themselves and they come back do they have different questions so if i'm looking at uh uh changing bank accounts you know Um, what, what are my questions at the beginning? Like what banks do I want to think about or what kind of accounts They could be early questions and then later questions might be very specific. Like what rewards do I get or something like that? They don't all happen at the same time. So one of the biggest mistakes is kind of ignoring the process, the time of the journey and thinking about the user's questions over time. That I, I, I think when, when we just look at questions over time, I find so many people Designers, product managers, marketers, documentation people are all going, oh, wow, look at all these ways we could optimize this process that they would just wouldn't have thought about if they hadn't actually, rather than thinking about, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who are saying, you know, brands should be publishers. I'm totally against that. Brands, all brands should consider content to be a product. What are the use cases of my product? You know, what are the features and benefits? Why do people want to engage in with my, uh, so with my content as a product? So, and you know, you don't just buy a product. As you said, you don't buy a product in the first interaction. How do people learn about it? How do people go through the process of understanding and how do we help educate them so that we educate better than our competition? we we show them the benefits we teach them the benefits better than our competition uh i would say those are really the the over and over again the the issues that among the millions i can think of i see those as really um reoccurring missing that opportunity to think about uh the educational journey the sales process and the marketing process as an educational journey that we all need to look at as a brand together
1: yeah nice yeah nice and um I can, I can add just yes, you can't avoid mistakes. You, you can do mistakes, uh, but you can cooperate with great experts like nos uh, Urbina in order to avoid many mistakes, <laughs> but you can't avoid all mistakes. It's part of the process to find what actually will work for you. And, uh, for example, uh, remember when I started PR, uh, we paid $6,000 for one press release, uh, and we needed uh, 12 press releases a week. you know, it's a lot. So what we did, uh, I started to write myself all the press releases. Uh, I wrote a bunch of them. I pitched all of them. I failed 100% times was a failure. But I learned I acquired experience how it works. Then we uh, explained to our blog offers because they usually write evergreen content for blog blogs. uh, And we explained, look at uh, we need press release format, it's different, uh, it's not about evergreen content, it's more about uh, trending topics, uh, helping journalists uh, to get this media coverage, and uh, we spent uh, around six months to craft the strategy process, and we got mentions on CNN, Bloomberg, Business Insider, MSN, Yahoo Finance, Coindesk, b- big big websites, uh, prominent publications, because of Failed, so we failed learned and today we can save plus three million dollars you know just to uh create our press releases pitch them to get this media coverage it works well but i couldn't do it in the beginning. I couldn't do it. And uh, six months without results. But it's part of the process to learn, to craft your strategy, to get results.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 two things about failure. One uh, is uh, all an expert is somebody, is only someone who, uh, sorry about mistakes. An expert is somebody who's, who's somebody who's just made the mistakes already yeah <laughs> so uh, why do why am I an expert in these things? Because I tried more times than you have. Yeah. <laughs> i I, <laughs> I know how it can go wrong better than you do. That's why I'm an expert. Um, uh, understanding where all the mistakes are because you've made them. That's what expertise is. Um, and then uh without there, there is no standing out from the crowd without mistakes. There's mm-hmm. no differentiation without mistakes because you have to try something different that somebody hasn't tried before. And there's no innovation without mistakes Yeah. because by definition you have to try something which, which no, nobody else is doing. So, um, fear of mistakes should only be for very critical off brand things. Like I'm not going to say something racist. I'm not going to uh, say something which, um, is totally unrelated with our brand values. Um, I I'm, you know, uh, there, there, there's where you know those are the kind of mistakes you want to avoid. You know, you don't want to go viral for the wrong reasons. But as long as you're within the realm of, of of normal, in the sense that you're in line with your brand values and your brand personality, then there's huge room for experimentation, and and it's only with experimentation that we differentiate and innovate.
1: Nice, nice, love it, love it. And um, I remember two quotes from Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg. Elon Musk said uh if you don't make mistakes you're not innovative enough and yep. mark said uh the biggest risk is not to take any risk <laughs> so we need to take the risk we need to make mistakes because everyone starts with best practices generic strategy and then you can fail and learn how to go ahead uh, i have my final question um yeah it's very important for my audience um I found that we usually get great results with customers who understand what we do. So if customers understand why we need to create high quality content, how AI can help on that, how to earn uh, greater recognition uh, with backlinks, mentions, uh, by using legal, white, head SEO methods, many different sites, we get great results. If customers don't, I usually tell them, go to YouTube, Google. Take my course, take other courses, just learn. Get the basic, how it works. If you know the basic, then uh, you can cooperate with experts. You can get results. If you think that experts can decide all your problems, they can't. It's like if you want to lose weight, you can find the best coach in the world. But you need to understand why you need to drink water, to train Mm -hmm. hard, to eat healthy food, uh, many things. so uh, I wanna ask you: If you start to, if you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, but you have a big dream to create great startup company, to win market, to get a lot of customers, uh, to get happiness in your life, what will you do if you do everything from scratch? That's a big one. Um... So I would have
0: been very lucky in my career because I, I, as I said, I I fell by accident into a group of, of some of the greatest experts in the world, uh, and just got to learn from them. Uh, so my path, I can't tell people to replicate that. I can't, I can't say get lucky, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, so I think that, uh, I will come back to some of the things I've said, looking at human experience, you know, understanding the motivations, the real people, uh, behind this and understanding their, uh, their, their journey, their approach, their, their, their why, uh, is fundamental. I, I always like to talk for anything. I always like to talk about why before the what and the how. So if I'm talking about AI, what, like, why is that useful? It's useful for understanding, uh, it's understanding things it's useful cat for categorizing things so that you can build in- insights, whatever the, the why is so be led by the why um, it's, what's his name? Uh, Simon Sinek, I think it is uh, yeah. pronounced. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he has the start with why presentation. Uh, I think that's one of the best business presentations I've ever heard in my life. Uh, so that I think that's, that's always the ability to zoom out and look at the whys. this person, this is their, why this is their, why and these, how do all these motivations? work together uh, when you're under I, I go into pharmaceutical companies banking companies um, you know retail furniture companies uh, software companies and I have to come in and understand their world and so the first thing I want to know is who are the people what are their motivations and that's how I tackle any new situation and, and that's where you see the opportunities you go who are the people what are their motivations and then how is that going today you know where are their, where are their pain points? Uh, and that ten thousand foot view of humans' motivations and then pain points goes. Okay, well, this is our opportunity. This is where no one else has been thinking about this, obviously, because you've got all these people um, trying to work in this market, and this is a recurring pain point. How can we how can we address that? And that's where the the innovation comes from, and that's where the the real understanding of the real problems comes from. I th- that's a very big, broad answer to your very big, broad question.
1: Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, big pleasure. Love it, love your answer. It's so valuable. Tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you.
0: So uh, LinkedIn, I'm pretty easy to find on LinkedIn, although I am a, um, a what do you call it, a, a creator. So the default <laughs> is, is, is follow. So you can follow me on LinkedIn. You can also connect, but you have to go to the extra little menu to, to actually connect with me. And then my, my website, uh, urbinaconsulting.com there, you know, you can learn about our services and some of our AI methodologies. Uh, the other thing is, which I haven't mentioned at all is a website called omnichannelx X, all one word mm-hmm. dot digital. And that's, that's our content and learning portal. So we put out our podcast, we put out, um, some, some uh, seminars and webinars, uh, lots of, lots of free resources on omnichannelx X dot digital. That's uh, that's how people can learn
1: more. Nice, nice uh, guys. I recommend to anyone to follow uh, Nos Urbina on LinkedIn uh, to listen to his podcast. You can see a lot of valuable insights. It's a big mistake if you ignore. Do it because I follow. I need more value. I recommend to anyone to do it as well because marketing is a quickly changing world. We need to adapt fast. Whatever happens, you need to adapt. If you do it faster than your competitors, you will be fine. You will win the market. If you ignore something new, it's tough. It's really tough to beat competitors. Uh, Thanks a lot for taking part on my podcast to share all this valuable insights. Uh, um, I'm going to keep learning from you, you know, from LinkedIn, from your uh, podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Unmess. Enjoyed the show? Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us
0: spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.